Davis. We have on the line with us Congresswoman Lori Trahan. And, uh, Lori, good morning to you, and thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me, Wynn. Good morning. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I tell you, it's, it's going to be another warm one, but, uh, you know, you're a little bit further south than we are. Because, uh, you got called back to, uh, to Washington, D.C., and, and um, what's, the, uh, what's the weather going to be like where you are today? Oh, it is hot. Uh, when we, I landed yesterday, it was uh, over, uh, I don't know, 100 degrees. Uh, so it is. But I understand, you know, from talking to my girls yesterday that it was pretty hot back home, too. So, yes, we are in the we are in those dog days of summer. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah. If you, if you read the old Farmer's Almanac, we really are in the, the dog days of summer. Uh, 40 days is is how it goes and you mentioned your girls and uh i was looking at your uh, at your uh, twitter feeds uh the other day and i i noticed that uh uh congressman uh, uh john lee was uh, uh, uh rather uh lewis uh he passed away and uh and you mentioned that uh that he had a chance to talk to your girls yeah you know i'm uh so one i'm i'm honored to have uh, known John Lewis and so grateful for the privilege of serving alongside him in Congress. There's no question he was a giant, a, a hero in our history, recognized you know, for his courage, his commitment to civil rights, peaceful protest. Uh, he just wanted to create a better America for all those who came after him. Uh, the last trip I took before COVID-19, um, you know, sort of shut down our, our country and our travel, uh, was to uh, Selma, Alabama, uh, for, you know, his final march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And I brought my mom, uh, my husband, and my two daughters. And, you know, I'll, I'll forever be grateful for the time we took to talk to my young daughters um, before, uh, before we marched across the bridge. You know, he, he's, uh, he had this unbelievable way about him where, he uh, he was so kind, and he made time for everyone. Uh, so not only was he this larger-than-life figure in our history and certainly in the Congress, but he also had this uh, innate quality where he made you feel like you were the only person in the room. Uh, and my, my daughter's got, you know, to experience uh, a conversation with him. Uh, and, you know, it's something that we'll all remember forever. Well, you know that that is um, so nice that they were able to, to get a chance to to meet somebody like him, Congressman Lewis. And um, gosh, you, you know, you're talking about uh, having kids experience things. Well, that's uh, kind of like uh, homeschooling right there. And uh, talking about homeschooling, uh, there's been a lot of talk around uh, what is uh, school going to be looking like in September. And um, is there anything that's happening in Washington that might have an impact on how schools are going to be opening up? Absolutely. I mean, like a lot of parents around the state, I mean, I have serious concerns about what the fall will look like. Uh, and across our country, you know, there are 100,000 public K-12 through uh, school facilities. So on any given day, on any given school day, 20% of Americans spend time in a school building, so it's really important that our reopening is done properly. Otherwise, it could have disastrous results. Um, and, it, you know, it, it shouldn't be falling exclusively on any city or town to foot the entire bill of reopening schools with COVID protocols in place. We know that that's going to be expensive, and those costs need to be shared across all levels of government to keep our kids safe. 
you know, so it's why we're here, um, you know, in Washington. You know, a couple of months ago, we passed the HEROES Act, which provided $90 billion in funding to be distributed to states so that they can stabilize their K-12 schools and their colleges. You know, Massachusetts would receive $1.5 billion in additional funding, which is really what's needed. I mean, we could see a mix of learning environments this fall, some in class, some remote. Uh, you know, the governor's office has mandated, mandated a minimum uh, three-foot physical distance. Um, you know, it's sound based on the uh, World Health Organization guidance, but it's going to be difficult to manage in practice due to the fact that many of our schools, you know, were crowded long before COVID-19. So we, we need to make sure that we help out with the funding mechanism so that schools can upgrade their facilities for students to continue their education safely. And then certainly monitoring the metrics that we've been using for the reopening um, so that we can determine, you know, how uh, those classrooms look and, you know, if it's safe for teachers, workers. And uh, and I think most importantly from what we're doing here in Washington is, um, you know, providing the funding so that our school districts can make those really important decisions. Now, uh, uh, they, you know, you got called back to Washington to, to take care of business. What are some of the uh, the other items that you're going to be looking at over the next uh, week or so? Or is it a week or a month or how how long are you going to be down there? So a couple of weeks, but of course we're prepared to stay here as long as it takes. Uh, you know, it's been clear for more than two months now that more relief is needed, uh, not only for our our frontline heroes, right, our first responders, our teachers, all the folks who are, um, you know, uh, still fighting uh, and working uh, to confront COVID-19, but also for our working families, many of whom, you know, are still struggling to make ends meet. Uh, you know, we're... <laughs> What's also clear is that as a nation, we're still very much in danger. You know, more than 3.8 million people have tested positive for COVID-19. More than 143,000 Americans have died. And the number of new cases is increasing in 41 states. Um, so it's really important that uh, we, um, you know, pass the HEROES Act. We get back to the negotiating table. Uh, the Senate joins us in that effort. I mean, economically, the pandemic continues to be devastating. 25 million people remain on unemployment because of the virus. And uh, uh, that's why we're, you know, we're, we're working um, to, um, to pass more relief. And I'll tell you that it's been a little disheartening that we haven't had, you know, uh, Mitch McConnell at the table because one of the things that, he's actively obstructing right now is aid in the form of additional direct payments, a second round of cash payments uh, for families, um, uh, rental and mortgage assistance uh, so that we can, you know, we can fund $75 billion to cover mortgage payments and property taxes, utility payments. All those bills are piling up on the kitchen tables of, of, um, of hardworking families across the country. You know, extended Unemployment. Uh, the HEROES Act would extend the $600 per week benefit for those unemployed because of COVID. That benefit expires this week. So it's really important. I will say the one other thing that's really important for us to um, acknowledge and for us to fund is stabilizing our state and local governments. I mean, I, I was back home. I talked to so many city managers and mayors and council members. Uh, on just the budget shortfalls that they're confronting. Um, 
you know, this package it provides a trillion dollars in funding to support uh, our heroes, right? Our, our first responders, our essential personnel in state and local government. Um, you know, Massachusetts is slated to receive $22.8 billion of that funding. And it's funding that we desperately need if we're going to, you know, keep our teachers and our, and our firefighters and our police men and women on the payroll. Um, this is not a time for us to be uh, cutting uh, jobs and cutting budgets. What our cities and uh, towns are doing is heroic uh, in this, you know, in the middle of this global pandemic. So it's really important that we give them the support that they need so that they can continue to provide those vital services. Well, I, I, I understand what you're, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I know in, in Haverhill, you know, they still haven't really uh, figured out a, a budget for the upcoming, well, for the current fiscal year, the new fiscal year that started July 1st. Uh, they only passed a, a one-twelfth uh, of a budget for that. Uh, I know uh, unless things have changed, you know, Methuen was looking at, at laying police officers off and, and uh, to help balance the budget as well, too. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you, you're in a tough spot right now. Well, you know, it's uh, it's just so clear to me, uh, and it's clear to anybody, any, any, all of my colleagues who are back home, you know, talking to, you know, workers, uh, you know, local town officials, their state counterparts, they know how dire the need is for uh, for financial assistance from the from the federal government. And frankly, you know, it's interesting in this role. It's not as though the federal government has to respond to the 911 call. The federal government doesn't have to. You know, it's it's not us who are on the line uh, when uh, when someone needs you know food assistance. But it is for our town halls and our in our city halls and our local fire departments. They are very much on the front line. They're the ones who are providing that service um, and even, you know, putting their own lives in jeopardy when when doing so. And so it's really important that we don't let uh, those budget shortfalls uh, cause, you know, towns to make cuts at a time when they just can't and they shouldn't um, because, you know, that we, we need uh, more services right now, not less. And so that's we're hopeful. I mean, look, two and a half, I guess May 15th is when we passed the HEROES Act in the House of Representatives. It was a huge bill. It's a relief bill, uh, but it's to get people through uh, this tough time. And uh, and we need to get to the, uh, we need to get that over the line. And it, I'm optimistic because I do hear uh, that, you know, Republicans are hearing the same thing uh, when they go home in their districts. And so I'm, you know, willing to stay down, of course, as long as it takes to get uh, that relief to um, the cities and towns back home. All right. Well, uh, Lori, I want to thank you for joining us today. We'll get you back, and uh, you know, you'll give us the updates, and we really do appreciate that. And I'm assuming that you have air conditioning in your office, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I do. Uh, but I'm spending more time in the uh, in the Capitol running back and forth. This is a busy week with votes, so... Uh, yeah, I, but you do have to you know, walk outside to, to make those votes and you get a blast of that hot air. So, uh, but I will. Don't worry about me. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll find cover. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us and we'll get you back on before you know it. All right. All right, Wynn. Thanks so much. Oh, you bet. Congresswoman Laurie Trahan, our guest this morning here on The Wave 97.9 WHAVFM. Wake up with Wynn Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM WHAV.